I actually have an early memory. I don't know if you remember this, Mom. I think the first time I discovered that it feels good to rub my dick was on the floor of your bedroom. Okay, no, I did not know I that. must have been like four or five. In... Is that why you every night wanted to come in our bedroom? Every no, night. no, I didn't. That's that was I, not the same I fucking reason. No, I was not jerking <laughs> off to you and no. Dad sleeping in the bed. Wanted to grind on the floor. Yeah, why were you grinding on our floor? It was it's just a discovery. Nothing. I was a young kid. It was a discovery that if I touch I my dick, it that. feels good. Yeah. So I started doing that. I started doing that, and you were like, "You need to do that in a different room or something." Oh, I vivid oh, yeah. memory of you telling me I'm to get surprised. the fuck out of your room. Yeah, well, I don't know what <laughs> was... was going on. I thought maybe you were, something's wrong with you. Was <laughs> having a seizure on the ground. Having a seizure. I don't know what's going on. It was just causing a lot of commotion down there. Welcome to another episode of Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Cam Poder. I'm Karen Lee. Poder. Poder. <laughs> I'm going to drop the Poder eventually. It's going to be like Madonna and Oprah. It's just going to be Karen Lee. How are they going to know you're my mother? First of all, they're also going to think that you're Asian. Karen Lee sounds like an Asian name. I know. That is a problem. It's one word. They're, Karen they're... Lee. Not Karen Spacely. Okay. Karen Lee. All right. Well, my mother, Karen Lee. Yes. And we do a podcast about the birds and the bees because she is a sex expert, cougar, yes, mother, and I am her stand-up comic son. And you are. Bomb ass dang ass. <laughs> That's <laughs> my mom's new favorite word that she learned from a Kyle Mooney sketch. Yeah, Kyle Mooney is hilarious when he tries to he he in it and. Okay, never mind. Well, I'm not going to talk about Kyle Mooney's sketch that made me laugh so hard, but he basically was talking about weed being bomb as dangus. I thought you said you, we're not going to talk about it. And that was it. That's all I had to say about it. it was You're funny. such a proponent of weed. Not a proponent, but definitely like enjoy it on occasion. Yeah, I mean, I'm a proponent of it at, 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 in, the, in moderation in the right circumstances. Why not? I think it definitely has benefits. Another thing that we disagree on. Okay. Why do we? Why don't we like weed? What's wrong with weed? Because it makes things more enjoyable, like it enhances all the senses. That's a problem for you. For me, it makes me incredible. Look, listen, I'm not. I'm not against weed for anyone else. For me, it makes puts me in my head and makes me very anxious. But you made me laugh so hard one time when we were smoking pot together. We did it for one the time. for the record. We've done it. Oh, twice. Maybe, maybe three times. Either way. Very few relative uh, to the amount of times I've been offered by you. Yeah. I'm a pusher. I'm a, a pot pusher. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know what? It's like it, if anything, like it, like any anything in life, if you do it in moderation and you do it once in a while, it's really fun. What is moderation? What I, I think that once what... a night. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, moderation to me is like, you know, maybe like. I think one hit and I'll be like, woo, you know, that's enough yeah. for me. And that could be once a week, once every 10 days even. Yeah, For me, it's just, it's not, not that enjoyable. And I got to say, you know, to all our listeners out there, since it is entitled sex talk with my mom, it definitely is a pleasurable thing to do before sex because you really feel very uh, uninhibited and, 
and your senses are heightened. So I think it's a good thing for sex. I, I have not experienced relaxing. I have not experimented with that. However, I could tell you that just judging by how it is without sex, it would not be a more relaxing, relaxing experience for me. So in I other think, words, you, you get really, really paranoid during sex? Could you admit, I mean, already when I'm having sex, I'm so in my head and uh-huh. trying to figure out what the fuck I'm doing. And yeah. then you add marijuana to the mix. I could, it's like it, it's like the atomic bomb for me. I know, but it, it, it could work the it, opposite it way. It heightens my senses. I already come within like 30 seconds. How much it, more... Okay, is it possible though? It may make you last longer or whatever. It could it, that you never know how it's going to affect your genitalia. Here's what I predict happening: <laughs> I smoke the weed. Yeah. I, I I get I have the sex. I come within five seconds instead of thirty <laughs> seconds, and then uh, since I'm trapped in my head, I start going down all these downward spirals as to. You go to the dark place again. Go to the dark place. You can never just think of, oh, I'm, I'll be relaxed now, and I can actually probably do it again. No. And that's the thing. You have to go into the right person. You, you go go visit my friend who knows a lot about it. He owns a dispensary. And you talk to him about, like, this is what I want. I want to be relaxed. I don't want to be paranoid. I want to uh, enhance my my orgasm. And he'll give you the right uh, you know, type of pot for that. Here's the other thing. For me, it doesn't help me connect with other humans. I think it actually right. it pushes me away a little bit. Well, that's because you're smoking the wrong weed. No, it's not because I'm smoking the wrong weed. Yeah. You no. have to smoke the kind that like makes you focus and hear it on the here and now. That's one of the reasons that I think it works so well with ADHD people. No. I'm not, I'm not saying me, anybody in particular, but I think it does focus people um, onto the here and now and, and as opposed to if you're – straight and your mind is on your you know laundry or things you haven't done that day no 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 for me it's not affecting me the same way i get very i i I, he prevents me from from being able to connect with another human it really puts up a blockade why don't you just try it one time and see how you feel it's not going to be the end of the world okay i'm not going to smoke weed and masturbate yes no. They cough. Then you'll see what happens to you. You might find it's like, oh wow, this actually works like Viagra to me or something. Who knows? I, I there first of all, I, I'm not gonna smoke by myself, first of all. Why not? I would not a huge amount, one hit. What, what would be the harm in that? I, I feel like I can't form memories when I smoke weed. What what the what happens to you when you smoke weed? You actually it's just like, need some I, sort of like hallucinogenic mushrooms. What? What is? How I, can you possibly say that all these you lose memories and and you yeah, go it into affects your, your hypothalamus. Oh, it hundred percent affects your hypothalamus, which is the main creator of memories. No, I'm sh- I'm shutting that shit down. Memorize? Are you doing some trivia quiz while you're getting high? What, what is it that you need to memorize? Anything? How, how could I enjoy something without creating a memory about it? I'm in my head about not being able to create the memory then, and then I'm not enjoying anything. No, this is not good. I, it doesn't work for me, okay? So stop pushing it. I'm not smoking weed, Mom. Okay, all right. Don't smoke weed. It's bad for you. It's illegal in some states. Okay, I'd like to introduce this episode because we have a wonderful guest on the show today. Oh, man. I know she took proof of this. I think, do oh, we even talk about it in the episode? I actually don't know if she, I, I don't know if she's a big weed smoker. Oh, maybe she's not. Okay, well, whatever. She's an awesome, awesome chick. So today we have a woman on the show named Nicoletta von Heidegger, who is a sex therapist. Yeah. Trained professional. 
But you would think she's how old is she? Like twenty three, twenty four. She's a young girl, but she literally. I think she's she, twenty four, twenty five. Actually, she's got so much expertise and experience in the realm of sex that you would think she's like you know older than me. Yeah, she is bomb ass dank ass, as my mother would say. There you go. She's bomb ass dank ass. She was the Stanford tree, which well, is pretty. That was that was hilarious. She talks about being the Stanford tree, which, which is. What is that anyway, buddy? You're going to hear about it. It's the yeah. most bomb-ass, stanky-ass position in the whole school. I'm <laughs> not kidding. Really, it's very hard to become the tree. It's the mascot. And she she had to go through a rigorous process to prove that she'd be tree-worthy. And she won, which is crazy because there's how many students at Stanford yeah. that are going I mean, you you got to be out there to, to even compete because it, it, you got to really put everything on the line. She's awesome. That was one of the reasons that I thought she'd make a good daughter-in-law. Okay, so let's talk about this for a little bit. <laughs> let's talk about this for one second. Oh, I knew I should not have brought that up. So I after this, after this interview, <laughs> Nicoletta texts well, my I, mother. Yeah, I really like her. To say thank you. So Nicoletta texts my mother to say thank you for the interview. My mother at the time, were you? You said you were fucked up in some way. So you are. Were oh, you drunk I, or were you high? No, I wasn't. I absolutely. Maybe I. Had, you. This was not right after the interview because I know I was so. It was cold, later so. that night. So I don't know. Maybe I had a glass of wine. I was a little loose. You were loose. I, I think you told me that you were high, which is fits okay. right into the episode. Yeah, I probably was. Maybe I took one hit of pot and I was feeling no pain. And I, I got a text from the, the girl that I had just spoken to who I thought was adorable and brilliant and, and very laid back and cool. And what did you say to her? when? when how, how did you respond to her thank you for the interview? Um, well, I could look it up. Just, you give I'll, the cliff I'll, notes. I'll just, I'll just I, no, I, I just, I'll just look it up. Okay. So after the interview at six thirty-eight p.m., so I probably was not messed up. No. Okay, that's a lie because you, <laughs> I talked to you. You called me up telling me this, and you were fucked up when you were, you called okay. me. Maybe I, I had uh, something before I saw this. Okay. She says, uh, thank you. Hope it was what you guys wanted. Loved it. Thanks again for including me. And so I said, no, thank you. You're the best. I wish you didn't have a boyfriend. I would want Cam to marry you with a little emoji with the tongue sticking out of it. Why Why did your mind, why did you have to share that with her? And then at 9 o'clock, okay, that first one was at 6.38. At 9 o'clock, my time, she said, ha. I don't, I don't think Cam is interested, but thank you with a little smirky face. And oh, I said, God. why wouldn't Cam be interested? Why? Why, why did you said, come back with that? <laughs> she said, he's never expressed any interest. You'd have to ask him. Um, and, um, yeah. And that what, what did you, how did you respond to that? I just said, uh, she said, after that, she said she was excited to hear the, the U2 and podcast. When do you think it's out? Thank you again. And it was really fun for me, and you are amazing. And I said, ha-ha, you are the amazing one. Okay. It sounds <laughs> like you want to go out with her. Luckily, she kind of she kind of put a kibosh to this whole conversation. She she did. She put a kibosh, but then she happened to bring it up again. What? Yeah, well, kind of. What did she say? Well, this was on uh, – this was just last week on Friday – well, she's <laughs> well, so then I get a text saying, hey, when's the episode coming out? Also, guess who's single now? <laughs> okay. then... so, so for the record, <laughs> she's great. For, for the record, she's great. 
Yeah. I like her a lot. I'd I'd like to get to know her. Here's what I don't need my mother to be pushing this onto me. You know, it's okay. one thing to say you, to me, you should go out with this girl. It's another thing to be texting with her, telling her that I want to go out with her. Well, I actually thought that she was very serious with the boyfriend. I didn't think there was any chance. When I wrote that, I was just kind of like saying, you know, it'd be, that would be like some what real fantasy of mine or something. What gave you the impression that she was serious with a boyfriend? I thought that we, I got that impression from the interview. I don't know. We didn't even talk about the boyfriend in the interview. I don't know. I just, I, it, it just was one of those Tourette syndrome moments that I usually get when I have a few, <laughs> whatever. Anyway, so then this is why I don't smoke weed for this exact. <laughs> so I don't end up putting putting my family on d- dates with people in jeopardy. But, but so then, then she said, "No worries." This was last Friday. She said, "Keep me posted!" Exclamation mark. Newly single and healing at the moment. Sad face. Jesus. But I didn't. I didn't uh, encourage anything. I said, "Oh, sorry to hear this. It's hard to go through that, but it does open new opportunities for you." Smiley face. I wasn't insinuating anything. Okay. I just said it opened up new opportunities. So then she ends up finding me on Bumble and says, <laughs> "It texts me." Is pretty I pretty f- cool, by the way, because I, I don't think everybody knows what Bumble is. It's very similar to Tinder, except for the woman has more control of it, right? So yeah, the woman has to initiate. So she found me on Bumble. She texts me. I saw you on Bumble. So. I say, well, you better swipe right, meaning let's hang out. And she All said, right. she said, I did, duh. And your mom would be super stoked about it if we did. <laughs> so why are you still part of my, I don't understand no, I why wasn't. you're part I of it. I wasn't a part of it at all. I think she's still remembering what my first you know, text was when I, okay, so. She's obviously going to hear this, and just so you know, I just saying the record straight. I happen to like her a lot. That's all I'm saying. At yeah, this point. I know you like her a lot. You basically set up this date for me. I'm not I, setting anything up. Yeah, you did. You, you literally told her that I'm interested in her. When I, I, I no offense to her, I I expressed no interest to you because I thought she had a boyfriend. Okay. All right. Well. Well. Okay. Let's let's You're, start with a clean it, slate. Wipe it clean. Clear the catch. Whoop. Clear the cash. So. <laughs> so. So, you know, we'll see if we go on a date. Yeah. I, 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 she is a very cool girl. I would like to get to know her better. So we might be dating. But what I don't need is run for you to be coming on for every person that comes on the show from, for you to try to set me up with them. That's yeah, un- I, unnecessary. You know it, it, it is true, though, that I do, like, fall in love with every guest. I, I mean, know like, you do. I know. Every so, guest has been so cool. And, and then, and then I enjoy talking to them so much, I think, oh, my God, they would be a great uh, future daughter-in-law. <laughs> Maybe not SK because she's, you know, she's more. Oh, into- thank you. You wouldn't set me up with a sugar baby. <laughs> because you don't have enough money for her. <laughs> you're, not even, you're not even the same world as her. And she, yeah, she's solo sexual, so I don't see any purpose of that at all, but. Uh, but the others, uh, there's several of them that if we've interviewed have been great girls. So, yeah. it just it, seems we like we should have like a dating game. It, it seems like there was a boundary that was crossed in this in this interchange. Yeah, that was a boundary, and I apologize. The boundaries will not be crossed in the future, and I will try to maintain my um, my neutrality. Thank you. That being said, this there is a wonderful interview ahead. We talk about. Of course, premature ejaculation and erectile dysfunction. 
how important penis size is, which is my mother's favorite question to ask any human alive. Um, and then on what what women tend to struggle with, so if those are the male struggles, we also get into what females struggle with when it comes to sex, which can be about orgasming and feeling comfortable with your mate. Yeah, there was some very, very good discussions, and she's an expert at uh, all things sexual. So she's really, for for her age, she's already in a private practice, and she's uh, she's just going up the ladder there quickly. She, is, um, she also talks about fetishes in and yeah. pr- providing therapeutic uh you know counseling for people with uh different types of fetish- fetishes and working through that yeah yeah she's 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 bomb ass dank ass bomb ass dank ass so thank you guys for listening uh we really appreciate all the support if I, you have any I'd like to, wait I, I must interrupt if you have anything to say about my uh interaction with cam regarding uh Nico, the, the the person that's going to be on next, please don't hesitate to call in your thoughts or to write them to us. Uh, you can write them to us at sextalkwithmymom at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Yeah. This episode is kind of interesting. We start I – mean, we we also want to hear your feedback because we're we're you know we're trying to craft what, what sounds best to you guys. So this, this episode is probably going to be an hour and a half. If that's too long for you, let us know. We'll try to cut it down to an hour. And if you like the hour and a half and you think that there's a lot of valuable information here that you wouldn't want to see cut out, let us know that too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What I'm asking for is to open the communication channels. Yeah, open up doors. Break down the barriers. That's right. Lines of communication between us and you are now open. (laughs) Uh, you You can follow us on Twitter at Sex Talk Podcast. On Instagram at Sex Talk with My Mom and on Facebook at Sex Talk with My Mom. And you can call in to our, we call it a hotline, but it's basically a phone line where you can ask anonymous questions. And that number is 323 472 4237. And don't think I memorized that because I didn't, because I smoked way too much weed in my life. See? So. This is, you're, you joke, you joke, but I, I think that you're, you're, you're you know, absolutely right. You really do think I, that weed has, has really done wonders to my memory. Yeah, I, I think it has completely butchered it. Yeah, well, I, I guess there's no controlled study, but I, I would like to say that I have a certain significant other who has a phenomenal memory who smokes way more marijuana than I do. So I don't know that that's a good study. Okay. Okay. Enjoy this episode of Sex Talk (laughs) with my mom. Got the birds and the bees and the flowers and the trees. All right, so we're on. Hey. Welcome to the show, Nico. Welcome to Sex Talk with my mom. I'm Karen Lee. We don't need to do this. We have the whole intro. We we always end up cutting it out. Just say we're very excited to have Nico on the show. Nico is showing cleavage. Thank oh, you. Wow. I feel good about it. We were deciding whether to call me Nico or Nicoletta. So if you hear both, that's also me. Well, it depends what type of... So as my friend, you're Nico, but as the sex therapist that you are, maybe you're Nicoletta. Do you go by Nicoletta in therapy? I guess so, yeah. Or Do- do you? It will be Dr. Nicoletta someday. Oh, yeah. wow. Or Dr. Heidegger, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so you could, call, you could call me Dr. Heidegger. I'll, okay, so on the show, maybe we'll just refer to you as Dr. Heidegger. I, I like 
Nico. Nico sounds like a, a porn star. <laughs> Nico. Well, we're excited to have you. Thank you for having me. This is uh, such a such a treat. Not only, well, first of all, you thank you very much for coming to my comedy show last night. Oh, it was awesome. I didn't expect that. Like, I feel like your your mom was there in spirit. So it was kind of it was kind of like you were there with his comedy routine. I loved it. That, that does make my heart flutter. To know that. <laughs> mom, I tried to sell your book. My yeah. whole act was selling your book to the I audience. Know. And I love that. I and mean... I sold one. Oh, yay! For $15. Ooh. Well, a, f- a friend of ours wanted to buy something, and she was $2 short, and she got she got shunned away. I told her, fuck off. I'm not selling it for underprice. <laughs> so underface. See, he does not shortchange you, Mom. That's very sweet. You know, these things are uh, at a premium now. I want to let you know that that $15 went to buy me a beer after the I'm show. Glad. I'm, glad, I'm so glad. But <laughs> if anyone does want to know, because I don't talk about it enough, my son is a hilariously funny stand-up comedian. And, <laughs> and I can attest to that, too. Yes. And during the act, he sells my book, A Cougar's Guide to Getting Your Ass Back Out There. Which I've and- read, and I can vouch. I, I, I sincerely believe it's a good book. It's a good read. It's a good fast read. It's it's a self help autobiographical category. Um, it it has both the, you know the story of my life and it also has uh, how I became a cougar and uh, a lot of tips about uh, spicing up your sex life. So and and Cam will even show you some of those. So yes. you even get you even get a little a little taste teaser of what could be a lap dance. I think yeah. is the, what it was supposed to be. It was uh, re- from the chapter called "Release Your Inner Stripper." I love that chapter. So what, you acted it out? It yes, was- I acted it out. Yeah. On a man. On a man. Okay. And um, That's good. He seemed pleased. He said he was fine. Yeah. Did he, did he buy the book? That's all that He mattered. didn't buy the book after that. I was very you know, surprised. people just take things and don't give anything back, but that's okay. Oh, he's a visual learner. Right, yeah. right. He he gathered all the information from Nico, that performance. Oh my god! All right, so we need to get on to Nico because she is absolute. I just had the privilege of interviewing her for my YouTube channel, and she's a wealth of a wealth of information. I don't even know where to begin. Well, for, first of all, let, let's give some background. Amazing. I'm no Nico from Stanford. You and then you moved out to LA to pursue a degree in sex therapy, correct? Uh, yeah, almost. So I, yeah, we we went to Stanford together for our undergrad. Um, and you and were I, the Stanford tree. I was. Which um, is so cool. <laughs> I think Cam had already graduated, but uh, I had a sex column called Sex Talks with the Tree. Oh, wow. Um, I had no idea. Really? Oh, you got to check it out. It was now, a lot of for those of you who don't know about the Stanford tree, there's it's a little a, background. It is the, the band's mascot, and it's the the most coveted position, I think, in all the whole school. <laughs> it's a it's a pretty i think we don't take ourselves too seriously so the tree being a dancing ridiculous tree kind of represents that um and man it was a blast absolutely didn't did you have to do some crazy shit to become the tree oh, yeah. i did i did you have to do it's like a two week long tryout where you have to do all these stunts in public to show off your personality and so, who judges who who elects you as the tree all the all the old trees come to town and they like <laughs> come and watch. Yeah, yeah. So do you go back to Stanford and elect the, the future trees now that you've graduated? Oh, absolutely. Every year. <laughs> so what was the craziest thing that you did during that tree week? 
Oh, man. I mean, I guess you could read about it online, so I suppose I could talk about it here. Um, <laughs> but so my first stunt, I, I was a competitive equestrian, so I rode in uh, somewhat scantily clad in some Western apparel on horseback. What does that mean? And, uh, Were you tapless? Not quite, but I, I was wearing some chaps and things like that. <laughs> Um, and then I gave people pony rides and had some treats for the horse. And, um, then I did a, I did a live game of Pac-Man, which was more tame, um, throughout like a busy area on campus. And then I created a giant teeter totter, giant seesaw, um, on wheels. And then I did a, um, a large event of KY lube wrestling, which is a fun one. <laughs> And wait, I was, wait, I was how, did telling, that, how did that go? I got to hear about that. I well, mean, Cam, I was telling your mom it was it happened to coincide with Parents Weekend. Oh my god! And I was doing it on one of the fraternity lawns because that was a big open space, and so we had all these parents and grandparents walking by. And <laughs> oh my god! I don't know if it if it made their if it made them happy that they sent their kids there <laughs> or made them appalled, but either way, or frightened. It gave them a it gave them a good show, so that was fun. Um, oh, well, they must have loved it. I'm I, sure. I, I, of course, missed that. I'm so pissed that I. Missed it. <laughs> well, and if there's anybody out there who's trying to do lube wrestling, so I found out because at first I was like, oh man, I'm gonna have to buy like three thousand mini bottles of lube and just hand squeeze them <laughs> into the thing. You um, could have been sponsored by like. Trojan or well, something. Well, get this. So there was a guy and he, he went to Stanford. He owns the company and it's a powder form that you can order in mass bulk. And so you just add it with water and it creates lube. So it's much easier to transport. It's of you know, course, seems a lot of smaller. Of and he found out smaller. what I was doing gave me a huge discount. Because Holy shit. Like, oh, Stanford tree. Um, that's awesome. Just donated it. God, that's a cheap Lube. <laughs> oh, you gotta, you gotta make gotta make money, I guess. Jeez, yes, discount. Come on, <laughs> great advertising for a powdered lube. That that's that's something I need to look into. Yeah, check it Take out. That. I don't know how great it is, you know, for your skin or your body or how organic, but it's definitely great if you want to fill a kiddie pool. <laughs> <laughs> so you, what did you study at school? Psychology. And did you know at that point you wanted to become a sex therapist? Yeah, luckily, I think because I think a lot of my friends who studied psychology, their parents were like, what a waste of a degree. So I think if you want, if if you're doing therapy, it was, I mean, they've got a renowned therapy department, uh, psychology department at Stanford. So I was lucky to be there. And so then after graduating, what'd you end up doing? I did my master's in clinical psychology, um, focusing on marriage family therapy at Pepperdine. Oh, cool. And so now I'm uh, doing a a program at a school called Widener um, for human sexuality. Oh, shit. So you need a ton of degrees to become a sex therapist. I'm just trying to stay in school forever. I think that's, <laughs> the, that's the goal. But she started at a very young age in her inquisitive little mind. Why don't you talk about uh, what went on with Nina Hartley's uh, video? Oh, well, I mean, I think that was even way after the fact. I think I was as a young kid, I was I was lucky to have parents that were pretty open um talking about sex and i think most most parents get you know aside from aside from you karen i think most <laughs> other parents and my, besides my parents too um often you know kind of shun their kids and if they catch them masturbating or figuring out that you know pleasuring themselves feels good they kind of are like oh no don't do that it's not okay um but, i was okay. proud i found out that yeah one, one of my kids was watching porn i'm not going to mention who well, and it I was, was like, obviously not me <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, "Bravo, you go!" <laughs> but my, well, my I think my dad. My dad was a little more skeptical, but I think he walked in one time, and you know, when you're young, you don't even know that it's sexual. You just figure out that 
you know, you're humping a pillow or something. I was on a, um, my bed post, just kind of grinding up and down, like maybe pole dancing, maybe masturbating. (laughs) And how old were you? I don't know, four, you know, so I didn't (laughs) was anything sexual, but you figure out even as a baby that, you know, you're a sexual person. And I think my dad came in and he said to my mom, like, Oh, what, what do we, what do we do? And my mom's like, Oh, well, you know, just let it, she'll be done soon. Just let her finish. <laughs> you know, Hilarious. I, I actually have an early memory. I don't know if you remember this, mom. I think the first time I discovered that it feels good to rub my dick was on the floor of your bedroom. Okay. No, I did not. Know I that. must've been like four or five. In, you every night wanted to come in our bedroom. Every no, night. no, I didn't. That's that was I, not the same I fucking reason. No, I was not jerking <laughs> off to you and no, dad you sleeping in the bed. Just wanted to grind on the floor. <laughs> yeah, why were you grinding I, it off? It was just a discovery. I was a young kid. It was a discovery that if I touch my dick, it feels good. Yeah. So I started doing that. I started doing that, and you were like, "You need to do that in a different room or something." Oh. I, Vivid oh, yeah. memory of you telling me I'm to get the surprised. fuck out of your room. Yeah, well, I don't know what <laughs> was... was going on. I thought maybe you had something's wrong with you. He's <laughs> having a seizure on the ground. Having a seizure. I don't know what's going on. It was just causing a lot of commotion down there. I do remember you like screaming out, about my penis hurts. It's hard. It hurts. What am I doing? Some, some rug burn there. <laughs> I don't know if this is the same memory. I, that, I, that was a different time, I guess, and I've gotten an erection. Like yours, was, yours was fond, Cam. Yeah, the the memory I have was, well, it was a little shameful. I was like, oh, I can't do this in mom and dad's room? I'm, what the hell is this? <laughs> well, that was probably a good boundary to set. Not that you can't do it, but, you know, do it in, in a different room. Yeah, just do that shit somewhere else, okay? I do not need to see you rubbing against the floor, of all things. I don't think I was rubbing against the floor. I think I was taking my underwear and stroking my dick with it. Okay. <laughs> That is ridiculous. Are you kidding? How old was this? I probably was four. Four or five. Yeah, no, kids, you kids were... figure out at an early age. I think you were older than that, Cam. I what the fuck? Like... You, do you remember this? I think you were, it was like 17 years old. <laughs> no, no, I definitely think you were older because you were like coming in our room like even like four or five, six years old. You were like having little nightmares. I thought, now I find out. It's no, really this had nothing weird. to do. I Just was having nightmares. No, this I had nightmares. And that's why I didn't want to sleep in my own room. But right, I, mean, I was not coming find in. Your place to masturbate. That's what you were having nightmares about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, oh yeah, so you you were asking about uh, me learning sex stuff. I'll, I'll take it away from you, Cam. Thank you. It sounds like you're mortified. <laughs> um, yeah, but so I think that just continued. I was I was lucky I could talk to my parents openly, and um, I was telling your mom. Uh, on her YouTube channel that uh, I learned how to give a blowjob from a, a great um, porn star and now sex educator, Nina Hartley. Go uh, Nina. Yeah. She's amazing. And your mom happens to look kind of like her, which is a treat. It's really <laughs> crazy. I mean, three times, I three times I've been approached and asked for autographs. One did, of you give, was, did you give it to people? Yeah. One of the, uh, the first, the first experience I had was in a restaurant and I was out with another girlfriend of mine who's very, very sexy looking woman. So, I mean, the two of us were wearing like really skimpy tops. And Good. This, this guy comes up and says, I know this is crazy, but but I know who you are. And my wife is a big fan. Can you please autograph something for her? I'm like, who do you think I am? And he's like, you know, you're a porn star, right? And I'm like, I'm not a porn star. He's like, come on. I know you are. And I go, I'm not, but I'll still sign something. And so he's like, can you sign it, Nina Hartley? 
So I'm like, okay, whatever, I'll do that. And then the second time I was at the porn convention and, and, and a, a little person came up to me, as otherwise known as, you know, a, a dwarf. I don't know why, but I'm always, a dwarfs are very much attracted to me. And asked again for my autograph, thinking I was Nina Hartley. And then a third time it happened again at the next porn convention. I don't know what it is. What did but Nina anyway, have to say? I hope she took it as a compliment because you're, you're both great looking. I know. And we decided that, and I said to her that my boyfriend had a huge thing for her when he was growing up. And it probably is with me for that reason. And she said, well, he's my, what did she say? Uh, She's, I'm your, I'm her avatar or or she's my avatar or something like that. But that was a whole, that's a whole Nina Harley back. I mean, if you two were to make a porn together, I'm just saying, I think it would like a parent trap. Be uh, humiliating. Be absolutely it repulsive. Definitely would make a lot of money, but is not worth it because of the backlash I get from my son yes. and other members of the family. Yes. Well, maybe he's just conflicted because he also likes watching Nina Hartley. I haven't watched Nina Hartley. Oh. And mainly, it might be because you guys look alike. Yeah, that would be kind of like freaked. I guess as a son, that would freak you out. Yeah. Anyway. Except, okay. Anyway. So okay. You, you, you learned about blowjobs from Nina Hartley. Yeah, she had a great video, Nina Hartley's Guide to Better Fellatio. I think she's, my mother is actually, she sent me a Nina Hartley. You have sent me a Nina Hartley video about uh, Conalingus. Oh, yeah. She's amazing. Just amazing. I mean, oh, yeah. That's not a <laughs> normal great. thing. That's not a normal thing for mother to do. <laughs> yes, but it is if if she's a caring mother and wants her son to, to perform good Conalingus on a woman. <laughs> You're representing the family, Cam. Yes, Cam. Come on. <laughs> so you know? did you... I'd be remiss as a mother not to educate you in that. So, so thank you, Mom. So, Nico, did you have this openness with your parents as well growing up? Yeah, you know, I think not to the extent, you know, I think I wouldn't call them if I, like, had some good sex or something and like, oh, you know, like this happened tonight and give them, you know, the explicit details. Um, For the record, I so... don't do that. I, I, I mean, maybe on the podcast. I didn't say you did, but now I think you do. <laughs> he, um, and if he I isn't, think... he should. It drives my other kids crazy wanting to know their details. But, you know, I think it was more along the lines of, um, you know, is this, is quote unquote, this normal? Can I, you know, when can I go to this doctor? Um, you know, I'm having trouble with this. Has that ever happened to you? So it was more, you know, to, I think if you ask the question, you're as at certain age, you know, then you're ready to hear the answer. That's exactly what I say all the time. Exactly. People just asked me that today. When should you talk about your sex to your kids? Well, that, that they, being said, I think my own therapist would tell you that my parents and I have really poor boundaries. So maybe don't take it from me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it would apply here too. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think it's, you know, there are boundaries, but at the same time, I think it's because a lot of kids don't talk to their parents about this stuff, especially not pleasure because it, um, and you know, look how, look how that affects people in a negative way sometimes. So I, oh, yeah. I would say everything from masturbation on up. Yeah. So like you said, if, if the kid asks the question, they're ready to hear the answer in an age appropriate way for sure. Yeah. I, I remembered as, a, I mean, this is at least what I've been told that apparently I was like five years old and decided to ask the question in a Howard Johnson's restaurant very loudly to my parents, mom and dad. Where do babies come from? How do we make babies? They were like mortified. They said, stick your thumb back in your mouth. Okay. <laughs> That's all you need to do. Stick your thumb back in your mouth. Shut so, her up. So, so Nico, you were talking about 
pleasure and it prompted a question in my mind that I don't want to forget. What do you think the role is of a pleasure in, in someone's life? What? In like, someone's sex life? So, so how, for, I guess, yeah, the, the, yeah, I don't really know where, ple- and I think we've talked about this, my, my oh, yeah. weird relationship to masturbation and how it kind of feels like a waste of time. He feels like he masturbation is a waste of time, and he, and if he does masturbate, it should be uh, with the person that um, it, or involving the person that he's currently seeing, and he doesn't see that you know it's okay to masturbate, you know, dreaming about like okay, okay, six foot, I six could, I could tall speak Amazon for my, women. I could speak for myself. This is not at all how I. This is what is this? Okay, Cam, tell me more about your masturbation well, thing you're talking about. So yeah, so it just it does feel like a waste of time. Like when I get in there. I, I I was trying to come up with like a stand up bit about this a little bit where when it's for me, it's a lot like food in the sense that like jerking off is like preparing the food and eating the food is like coming. So I'm trying to get to the climax as fast as possible and everything prior to that is boring. Wait and- a second. Hold on. Hold on. You enjoy eating, though. You savor your food. You close your eyes when you're eating your food. So you... Yeah, I enjoy eating the food. I enjoy right, climaxing. So, why, so... I don't enjoy the preparation. I, you, you like know, cooking? I, li- I like five-minute cook prep times. So, what, do you, so... what would you rather be doing? Like, what's, what are you wasting time? Like, what could you be doing while you're, quote-unquote, wasting the time? Talking with friends, making this podcast... You know. Why is that more important than having a good masturbation session? So that's that's my question. I don't know. For me, it seems like I guess I don't value pleasure. That I, I don't know. I don't know. What so, we need what, to make an appointment and I don't know. I mean, I think office for this one. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of I definitely have struggled with past partners who don't appreciate foreplay as much as I do, and I think. Some people stereotype that, oh, women just need more foreplay and guys are fine just getting to like the bang, bang, boom, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know uh, if that's a necessary, yeah. uh, always true. Um, but I think it, it has been with some people I've been with. So, I mean, that could be a thing that, we're, you know, you're taught to just like get to it. And, you know, you're a man just does that. Hmm. Um, are you just like the gang? The, what do you call it? The bang, bang, boo? Bang, bang, boom. I don't know. I just made that up. <laughs> Um, Cam but, likes the bang bang boom and doesn't like the, pre- the preparatory work that's involved in it. But I don't know. I think um, you're saying the things maybe you'd rather be doing is talking with friends or doing podcasts, and I think those are um, those are fun things to like be intimate with other people and, and hang out and get to know people. And mm-hmm. so I think it's just as important to um, give that time to yourself too. You know, just as you would like make a date or an, a brunch appointment with somebody else. Um, why not make like a masturbation brunch appointment with yourself? You know, like, I don't know. I think it sounds like maybe, um, I don't know, your body might thank you for it. Yeah. And it's also very healthy for you to ejaculate. Well, that, that being said, people say if, as long as you're okay with it, then it's not something that's an issue or dysfunctional. So if you're okay with the timing that you come or the, you know, how long it takes or whatever, um, and you're not seeing an issue with it for you, then no reason to fix it. But if it's getting in the way of your life or maybe a life with a partner, then that might be something to address. Who said I was okay with I am not okay. <laughs> oh, I don't know. You said <laughs> you were that's, like, that's, that's a like, problem. Oh, that's this is a well-known thing. I'm very, oh. I come very quickly. 
Okay, so wait a second. So here's here's a question, okay? So, it, it, now, do you have better orgasms if you take longer to masturbate prior to the orgasm, or does it does are they all the same? Like, is your orgasm quality better if there's a longer prep time? Are you asking me or Cam? Oh, well, I know your answer. Your answer is going to be you like the longer prep time, right? Or not? Probably, yeah, longer. Because yeah, you're a woman. But I'm just wondering if Cam is saying he likes this, this, uh, the bing, bang, boom thing. And if the bing, bang, boom is the same all the time, then I guess you're, you know, getting to it would be the right thing to do. Right. It, I think it improves slightly if I, the longer I go. But after a certain point, it's, you, yeah. It's, it's all the same. It's all the same, yeah. And that point is very low. That threshold is very low. So if you're saying that you masturbate and the whole thing takes about three minutes, why is that any kind of waste of time? It's it's three three minutes not a waste of time, but when you, you're suggesting I do longer, like 20 to 30-minute sessions, which both of you guys have actually instructed me to do on different <laughs> occasions. No, no, Nina Hartley did. Well, okay, so now all three of you, including Nina Hartley, <laughs> have told me to do longer masturbation sessions, it that feels to me like a little bit of a waste of time. But, but I, I recognize that's weird. Uh, and that's kind of what prompted my question. Where do you feel – and maybe it has something to do with how I perceive pleasure and, and where the role of pleasure fits into my life. How long do you take when you meditate? Any, anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes. Uh, do you think that's a waste of time? No. Well, why wasn't why masturbation? They both start with M. Why can't they both have equal time? Some people even combine the two as um, like mindful masturbation or you know oming or whatever so orgasmic this, meditation. So this awesome. I could get behind. What is this all about? Orgasmic meditation? Whatever. Yeah, the combo. Yeah, what the hell? You know, I don't know if they have one for guys yet, but there's been a – it used to be a little more cult-like, and now it's kind of well-known as the um, one taste, yeah. you know, orgasmic meditation. I don't know if you've heard of that, but mm-hmm. it's – I have not. Please inform. Yeah, well, it's uh, – they were based out of San Francisco, I believe, um, and it's more kind of about fe- the female orgasm, and so it's basically – yeah, having um, orgasm as like the center of, um, I think, well-being in a lot of ways. Um, I don't know. You'd have to ask somebody that works there, but it, they make they make masturbation like a sort of mindful meditation. Uh huh. And they have the group, or uh, they, they yeah, I think group, there's definitely group, group things, and I think you get paired off with partner, different partners, and uh, unclear. I haven't done it yet, but it's something I would I would like to try. Oh man, that sounds really good. I've actually I've read a lot about this because I was I considered trying to get the person in charge of that onto our show. Mm. Oh, and it so hopefully that'll be a future episode. Yeah, that would be cool to hear. But it it, it is interesting. They have it, it. It's for guys, for men and women, and the men are supposed to gain pleasure just by pleasuring the woman. That's the whole. Right. So yeah, and now in your practice. Nico, do you find that men do get pleasure out of going down on women? Some do, absolutely. I think, and likewise, you know, some women get pleasure out of pleasing the man. Um, And I think it sounds like those people like foreplay probably more. Um, And yeah, they just enjoy, they get pleasure from watching their partner get pleasure. Right, right. right. 
Okay, so maybe maybe we could switch into uh, what it is you actually do as a sex therapist now. Uh, so technically, I'm still an intern in my practice. So I, my supervisor's name is Dr. Winston Wild, and he is a um, he's a great sex therapist located in Beverly Hills. Um, and so I see. I see clients with him and then I see clients out in North Hollywood as well at a um, community mental health center. Um, and so what I do is, I mean, just, you know, therapy. So I, I see clients for other things besides sexual, um, sexual issues that they're bringing in. Um, but I see clients one-on-one in a therapeutic setting. Um, yeah. Have for, any like, clients tried to hit week. on you? Have any clients tried to hit on me? You know, I haven't had a client tried to hit on me, but they're definitely, we call it sexual transference. So that's like when sexuality gets like brought into the room. So whether that's you as a therapist is getting aroused by what you're talking about, maybe you're attracted to the client or vice versa. They're, you know, saying inappropriate things to you. I've definitely had colleagues who have had um, clients that have, you know, tried to hit on them or ask them out or tested them with inappropriate things. Um, so keeping the boundaries, um, is really important because I'm not a, I'm not a sex surrogate, so I'm not enacting things sexually with the person. Um, so, you know, you got to make sure you keep those boundaries, keep those boundaries tight. (laughs) Yeah. Have you ever thought about doing any of the sex surrogate stuff? Um, I haven't thought about doing it personally, though. I know a lot of I know a lot of surrogates and I know people who have gotten a lot of um, great work and positive results from working with a surrogate and a therapist like at the same time. Um, so, Wait, what is a sex ther- surrogate? Um, a sex surrogate is, you might like to try it actually, I don't know. Um, a sex surrogate is someone who um, helps people work through any sort of sexual things or intimacy things going on. Um, by acting it out with them, basically. So you would be being intimate with this person, but they're trained in this. And so some people call it sexological body work. Um, it has a lot of different names, but it's, you know, working through, um, working through sex things in a hands-on way. Oh, wow. So, so is uh, it... are they actually having sex with each other? Like they might, yeah. They're, so would, they're, not, actually... they're not allowed to call themselves therapists because that's against our code of ethics and whatever, but... Um, there are a lot of people who do it and a lot of people have gotten great results. So, um, I'm, I'm, I'm a supporter of it in a Uh lot of ways. So do you support prostitution being legalized? Oh man, that's a big question. Um, I do think it would, if people are going to be doing something anyway, it would be nicer if we had a way to keep people who are doing it safer and, um, healthier, so, yeah, in that way, I think. Yeah, because I kind of think of prostitution that way. I think yeah. of prostitution is kind of a surrogacy type of thing. Yeah. And, and they might the not. People have interviewed that have been prostitutes. And yeah. uh, in, in Australia, it's legal. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, mixed feelings. I think it, anyway, if, if people are going to be finding a way to do it, better that it's regulated and we can keep, keep our people safe um, and healthier. So what, what advice do you have to the, for these young guys that are like prematurely ejaculating? It seems like the, that's happened to me with the, when I was in college with, with the guy that, uh, you know, we had built up this whole thing. And then all of a sudden, like, you know, it was like one second he was done. I'm like, really? I uh, thought it was an anomaly. And then the same thing happened again. So I'm, I'm sure it's a very common problem with young guys. Well, I think it, it sounds like you guys talked about it on another show, but that there are, you know, 
creams or different things to try for um, for different people. Like promescent is something that is sort of like a lidocaine numbing cream that sort of helps, um, you know, minimize the feeling. So it might take longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, have 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 you tried it, Cam? No, I have not. So you, Although, you, were, you were gifted it on the show, right? I was gifted it, yeah. Yeah, actually, and I have, um, for those of you listening, if you, hmm, I kind of think about what they need to do in order to receive a sample, because I have a couple samples that I'd like to to give out to lucky listeners that are in the United States. So I'll think of it by the end of the show, and I'll tell How you later. How about they have, to, they have to agree to give us their feedback? Mm. <laughs> ah, yeah. Or they can on just, Twitter. Yeah, they can just tweet out to me. Uh, yeah, what, do a what shout they, out. Yeah, what they think about our show, or give us a good review on uh, iTunes, and uh, the, I'll pick a winner and we'll send them out some promescent. Okay, so what's getting? If you don't mind me asking, Cam, what's getting in the way of you trying it out? Well, I I have not had sex since receiving the gift, so that's been <laughs> that's been the biggest barrier. The deterrent. Wait, what what, what about with? exactly? I. I'm, I I might try to do that. That it's, I, I might. I, I'll give it a whirl. But I, I, I my initial feelings are not positive towards the idea of numbing my dick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, so that's my okay. So there's a couple. If I wasn't talking, I mean, I guess talking to a friend, talking to a client, whatever. Um, but I would probably say the same thing. So firstly. One thing you can, the first thing to do always with something like that is to um, get it medically checked out, you know, make sure there's nothing going on medical wise, because sometimes biological things can happen just to rule it out. Usually okay, that's not the case. you gotta see his face. No, no, don't, don't take it as a... He is know, now freaking out. His eyebrows are raised. He's in high alert mode. He's freaking. <laughs> He's in fight or flight. Okay, so what... Don't run away. Wait, wait, wait. That, what what do you mean? There could, you think there's a problem with my penis? I'm sure your penis is just well. I'm not, I'm not a doctor. I can't say I'm sure it's just fine. But we always say that. I think it's mostly to cover our own butts as as a therapist, as a practitioner, because we're not medical doctors to make sure to rule out any medical thing that might be going on. Do you so, think it could have been because he was rubbing himself on the floor, on the floor? in my bedroom? Have you tried that lately? Maybe that would work. Yeah. Uh, well, that's so you know, the problem. You can just come and rub yourself on my bedroom floor and see if you can last longer. <laughs> that's what I'm telling all my clients. Well, have you tried rubbing yourself on your on your parents' floor? <laughs> oh my god! Um, but don't freak out. I don't think there's anything wrong with you. Okay. Don't let your hypochondriac mind, because I have the same mind, go go. You know, go Me wild. Too. Okay, so um, assuming he's normal and he's all checked out. Yeah, and so then um, then you get get somebody you can talk to. Whether I mean, I think you know therapists in general are great, but a lot of them don't have a lot of knowledge about sex stuff. So if you can find somebody who's a sex specific therapist, I would recommend that because they're more knowledgeable about the topic. Um, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but you know most. If I hadn't gone the route I'm doing, I would only have gotten one human sexuality class in all of my hmm. schooling, which I would say isn't enough to to talk about all this stuff. Hmm. Um, so someone who's knowledgeable that you can talk to about that, great. And then there's so many things to try, but you got to be willing to try it. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like it sounds like you're getting a lot of advice from different places, but 
there's been a, a block for you wanting to try things. So whether it's a cream, whether it's, you know, masturbating and like edging yourself and not letting yourself come. Um, I think there's lots of things to try, but you've got to be willing to, if you, yeah, your, your desire to want things to be different has to outweigh the discomfort in wanting to try something new. So, and to be I fair, like the way you phrase that, to, that is very good. <laughs> thank you. To be fair, I, I, I have grown, I, I've kind of, um, solved this problem. I've kind of solved the problem uh, towards the end of my last relationship where I was able to, even if I came within like the first minute of having sex, I'd be able to get up really quickly and then have much longer sex the second time. And, and was that okay saying? with her? And that was fine with her. So hopefully they'll be fine with future partners as well. And then ultimately, once I have just enough sex, like that was, we were having sex once or twice a week max. So imagine if I'm sharing a bed with someone, living with someone, we're going to have much more sex and that eventually this whole issue will subside. And and knowing, and, and we've interviewed other young guys on the show that have similar problems and have been on like Viagra. They've tried say Cialis, those kind of things as well. It's a common problem and it probably will go away as you get older too. Wouldn't you say that that's uh, part of the parcel of being a young hormonal guy? Nikki? Nick, oh, Nico? I mean, I think, like I said, I try not to think of anything as a, you know, quote unquote problem or a dysfunction or whatever that it's, if it's something that's not working for you, then yeah, it's something to address. And so with that, I think it's great to have the buffer of someone who's a therapist you can talk to. But yeah, this is totally like a normal thing. And I think it's great that you're so openly talking about it because there's so many other people who are struggling with the same thing but are too scared to say something because they're embarrassed, they're ashamed. And um, I think it's probably lucky that you're a comedian because you have to find things to you know that you want to talk about that are... Yeah, be careful what you wish for. What are you going to talk about if you solve this? Yeah, exactly. You're you're not going to have a stand-up show. It's going to be all, you know, just nothing nothing new. Yeah, what are you going to do if you can't talk about rubbing yourself on your mom's floor? I don't (laughs) know what kind of material you have. You're going to have to come up with some new stuff. Don't worry. I have a treasure trove in this this whole my mom's a cougar sex expert. But I can can tell you my personal thing, but the interesting, I mean, and this is just me personally, so I can't speak for other men, women, you know, trans persons, anybody. Um, But I personally, I mean, I more enjoy outer stimulation. And so if, if a guy isn't lasting that long, I'm not too upset about it because to me, it's sometimes it's not painful, but it's like after a while, I'm kind of like, okay, you know, you're still going. I'm not that impressed. I'm just kind of, you know, dry here mm. um so i agree with you more <laughs> so if it was oh. me i if and if the guy was generous and willing and into foreplaying and pleasing me i almost would rather get that foreplay have that time and then the sex is you know if it's not that long i'm like i'm already good to go um so i don't even think it has to be a problem necessarily if your partner is willing to work with it in a different way but that's just my personal preference i can't speak for everyone else and sounds like maybe Karen is is on the same page. It, it absolutely. I mean, first of all, these guys are writing into me all the time. It's the biggest, biggest, biggest issue of all the issues that anybody brings up on my channel. It's about penis size. Mm. And and they're I, I'd like to get your opinion on how important penis size is because to me, it's not that important unless it's like a micro penis or something that's the size of a baseball bat. I like uh, the average size is fine. But guys are freaking out about this penis size issue. So in your opinion, what? how important is that? And 
again, when we're talking about how long you can last and 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 just going at it for a while, if you've got a very large penis going at it for a while, it, it's going to be painful. Yeah, you spend a lot on lube. Um, I, I was. I, I don't know. I mean, I think when I was younger, my mom said something, and I like. I'm glad now that I've learned, you know, learned better. But she was like, you know, you, you can't have it's really hard to have sex with someone who has a really, really small penis because it just doesn't stay in. And I was like, oh, my thanks, God. Thanks, who mom. The- like, thanks for the tip. Are you talking uh, about dad by any chance? Yeah. <laughs> um, I gosh, I don't even want I don't know if I want to think about it. But um, so, you know, with it, now that I've learned more and have, you know, had partners of my own and, um, you know, this is what I study. I mean, I think the male, even though we try to pretend that guys aren't that sensitive, I mean, I think the male ego is a really fragile thing. So um, whether it's, you know, even if you have a partner who's like open and forgiving and sensitive, I mean, society makes a huge thing about penis size, like you were talking about with your interracial video. I mean, I think it's, it's so like inherent in our culture that it's something that, whether you're less of a man or you're less confident if your penis is smaller and things like that. But, um, I mean, yeah, if it is at a size where it's hard to, you know, function and penetrate, like I could see that would be super frustrating for both people. Um, but there's lots of things you could do. I mean, there's, um, they have like penis extenders you can wear. There's ones that like, whether it's longer or thicker, you can put things on that make it longer or thicker. So it's not, you know, it's not the end of the world. And, Hopefully, you know, if you find a partner that enjoys foreplay and other things like that, um, you can find other ways to have pleasure and intimacy that, well, that make that kind of... getting at, you know, yeah. if, you, if, if, if you are one, someone who is concerned about your penis size, or if you are someone who is concerned about coming too soon, become really, really good at pleasing the woman and you will never have a problem in your sex life. Done. Case closed. <laughs> Yeah, or in, I mean, I would I would love to hear from a from a gay couple too if one had a larger penis and one had a smaller one and how that affected the power dynamic. I think that'd be mm. interesting. That is very in your interesting. practice, interesting question. Did you do you ever uh, find that gay guys sometimes don't even have sexual intercourse? Because I've I've talked to a couple that uh, they don't they don't neither one of them like anal sex, so they just don't do it. They do other stuff. That's interesting. I would love to, I, is that on one of your YouTube videos? I would love to. No, watch. but I may bring that one up. Um, but, uh, definitely talk to, um, not just one couple, but a couple of, uh, two or three different couples that, uh, have that going on. So we can, we can talk about that too later on. I don't know. I haven't, uh, I don't have, have any gay couples one. right now. Yeah. I haven't experienced it, but I'm, maybe they're asexual. Maybe they don't need sex and that's fine. And as long as it's fine for both of them, then Great. Well, I'm talking about the actual penetration part. I think that they have sex in other ways. Oh, well, I, I mean, as long as that's enough for them and they feel yeah. good about it, then cool. So who is, who is the, your typical clientele for who would go see a sex therapist? Um, well, like I said, right now, I at the other center that I see people is, um, I mean, it's never just about sex, but all the people that I see there are, um, mostly coming in for other things, whether it's depression, anxiety, um, but that often affects sex too, you know? So if they're having other troubles in their relationship, maybe the sex has gone to the wayside, um, but all sorts of things. So, I mean, it really runs the gamut from people who are coming in who haven't had sex in, you know, 10 plus years, people who have never had an orgasm, um, 
people who are struggling to enjoy sex with their partner because they are only staying in the marriage for maybe their kids. Um, oh, I mean, it really, it really runs the gamut, you know, hmm. or childhood, childhood sexual abuse. I mean, all sorts of things. What do you do? I, as I have friends of mine who have been married for 30 something years and they stopped having sex like five, six years ago. Uh, what do you say to them? Because it may be, you know, it's gotten to the point where, you know, no one even wants to bring it up anymore. Do they want to have sex or are they okay not having sex? I think one of the partners may want to and the other one hasn't even, I don't know. But uh, that's a hard one, I think, unless you can get them into your office. I, yeah, exactly. I think it's really hard unless you can get them to come in and really explore what's going on. And I, I really try to tell people, I think a lot of people come to therapy as like a last resort. You know, it's like they've tried everything else and they've gone on 20, 30 years the way that uh-huh. they're going. And so they're like, right. okay, well, this will be our last try to come into therapy and not that you can't turn things around at that point but you know just as you would learn to like ride a bike or drive a car why not count go preventatively yeah Yeah. like even if your sex is good come in and you know learn how to make it even better or Hmm. prevent it from going stale or you know it should be like in you know when you you sign your marriage you know agreement and then you should have a manual for how to raise kids, how to be in a, a healthy relationship, and how to have good sex. I mean, come yeah. on. It, those, those are three courses that should be mandatory. I know. I mean, I would have much rather that than like 10th grade physics or something. I mean, I didn't learn, sh- I didn't learn anything from that that I'm using now. <laughs> do, uh, what, do you th- what do you think of how our society treats sex today? Um, well, I mean, I think it's sex is everywhere, but it's not something that, you know, maybe besides the group of us and all the people who are sex educators, people don't talk about it. Um, and so it's something that, you know, I think our sex education is lacking. And so it starts from an early age, you know, parents don't know how to, parents obviously haven't always worked out all of their sex stuff. And then they don't know how to talk to their kids about it. And then they don't know where the resources are. And I mean, this is stereotyping, I think there are families and and people who it's gotten better and in some places the education has gotten better but I think it's hard having sex and selling sex in ways everywhere with products and things and having it on tv and then having people you know not talk about it and in a culture that is is the irony isn't it yeah it's crazy I, I look at um I look at the the thing that that gets the most views on my channel it's it's Porn stars, penis size, all these things with sex, sex, sex. If I mm. if I write how to you know reinvent your marriage, I get like eighty nine views. If I talk about porn stars' guide to you know what they think about penis size, we're going to get one hundred and twenty thousand views. So it's just they, obviously there's a huge interest in sex, but yet people are like, I'm not going to watch your channel, Karen, because it's about sex. So it just it's bizarre. Well, what do you guys think? I'd be, I mean, being people that talk about sex all the time too, what what do you guys think? You know, it's interesting. I I recently did, I mean, it, it's clearly a, a taboo subject and it's come up for me in the sense that sometimes when I'm doing stand-up, I talk to the audience about their sex lives or try to dig in uh, and and then pitch my mom's book as the solution. <laughs> uh but sometimes, but sometimes I'll talk to someone in the audience who's very uncomfortable talking about their sex life. And it becomes, and it's such an, it, be, it becomes such a tense um, environment immediately. And discussion, mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's one of those topics that are just like some people are have no comfort talking about. 
And I had people like that were very sexual and in college, you know, friends of mine. And then now all of a sudden they're like, oh, I'm not talking about that. I'm like, what? What happened to you? All these sexually liberated women in their 70s, in the 70s, they're now all of a sudden like, I can't talk about sex. Well, what do you think makes you guys comfortable to talk about it? Me and Cam? Well, just as individuals or whatever in general. I think that, I mean, I'm pretty open with all aspects of my life. So sex is just one of those aspects. And I tend to find it funny just how bad it could go sometimes. So that it makes it much easier for me to talk about it. I think if it, if I actually were much better at it, it'd be, it would be challenging for me to talk about it, to be honest. If you were better at sex, you'd have a hard time talking a, about it? Yeah, a little bit. Because I wouldn't be able to make fun of it, you know? Oh, I'm so good that... Right, no one wants to hear, oh, I've been having, I've been fucking slaying, slaying poon. And these, I'm these just... These women a, are just like repeating. They're just lined up outside your door. Right. Yeah. Right. No one wants to hear that shit. Yeah, then they're just jealous. Right, right exactly. There's sick society. Yeah, then they can't laugh at you. Yeah. What, ma- mom, how I would you answer that I, question? Well, here's the deal, okay? My grandfather was very sexual to the point where I used to, the way I'd get attention is I'd go on vacation and bring him back little souvenirs of like, you know, a can opener that turns into a man's penis and little trinkets like that. This is my grandfather. He he always loved the sexual oriented souvenirs. Uh, it's kind of weird, but okay. And then my father's password is, you know, something 69. So I go into the, like the iPhone store and they're like, well, what's your Apple password? And I'll be like, da, 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 69. And I'm like, oh my God, did he just say that? The guy's like 69. I'm like, yeah, why do you like that number? Oh, it's easy to remember. So it's like, I think it's, it, and it's passed down to the males in my family, except for I'm the one who's somehow has gotten that, uh, the sex gene, but I, I don't know. I just think it's fun to talk about it. I like being around men. Uh, I think cause they're more open about it than women. And I would love to have more women get more involved in it. Although it's funny because you get women a little liquored up and you take them to a, a place that uh, how to give a blow job. And they're all over that one. Mm. That was, we even invited the pizza guy in when we were getting that lesson. And, uh, he was like, Whoa, <laughs> Yeah, I think just, you know, it's just way better to be more open about sex. Nico, sometimes we talk about our hook, like today's hookup culture mm-hmm. and how now you often see, especially with college students, people having sex without feelings associated with it. So and what do you thing, you know, like, right. That's- so with all these dating apps and the ease at which we can just satisfy our sexual needs, what do you, what are your thoughts on that whole situation? I don't know. I mean, I have my own, I mean, what I might do is different from what other people might do, obviously. And so, I mean, I try not to have judgment about it. And I think in some ways it's definitely become a more liberating thing for women and people in our culture, because it's like, we can, have sex and have it be something that's that's fun that we can take ownership of that doesn't have to be associated with like being a housewife or you know pleasing a partner um or whatever but i also think um i don't know all i'm about is as long as it's you know risk aware and consensual um then i'm then i'm for it um at the same Me time too. <laughs> we're on the same page I, but i, I 
I think when people think of sexual health, oftentimes they only think of the physical and like that's an important component. But I think a lot of people don't think of the emotional. So as long as you are okay with the physical and emotional like repercussions of your one night stand or your hookup, then go for it. You know, but the emotional is like, well, I'm attached or, you know, maybe I wanted something more or this person wasn't clear about what he wanted. I think I mean, it's hard because I think that the issue that's missing with a lot of the hookup stuff is the lack of communication. So whether it's lack of communication about your expectations or what you're hoping to get out of it or, you know, or how to please each other. Yeah. Or thinking that you can, you know, change the person to wanting to date you if they're clearly saying, no, I'm just looking for a hookup. Um, You know, I think that's a lot of what the issue is and the communication around sexual health, too. Um, I personally... um, I, I won't be intimate with anyone unless they go get tested, either with me or by themselves, and then send me the results. Um, there's a cool app where you can share your STI results as well. Um, oh, that's it. Yeah, what is that? that. Um, I believe it's called Health Vana. Um, I did an article about it as a as an undergrad, but and that's just my way, and that's nothing against. Um, against one night stands and against just the hookup culture, but for me, that's what I need to feel safe. My girl. <laughs> what do you think is so for for young people i know for at least for guys the biggest issues tend to be at least when they're starting off having sex and they haven't had like a serious relationship to figure out how to have sex you either you either come too quickly or you can't get it up or mm-hmm. a combination of the both of both you can't get it up and then you get it up and you immediately come mm-hmm. so is is first of all, is there a solution to the second problem? Because we talked about the first problem, which is, is it, coming too is quickly. It coming is, too it, quickly? Is, that, is that having difficulty just getting hard because of the rubber, the condom? Yeah, it could be because of that, but I imagine a lot has to do with nerves. Mm. Do and, you have... and also, is it, it does it have to do with uh, just they've never done it before and it's the first time, or is it have to do with? Uh, it's the new person. New person usually, yeah. Do you do you so have you're, solutions you're, you're for that? So you're asking for for people who people who are either new to sex or starting with a new partner and having trouble maybe getting it up or keeping it up. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So I mean, obviously, ideally, we can't go back in time, but I think I'm sure it would have helped if their parents maybe would have you know talked to them as an ongoing conversation about what could happen where they could go, where they could turn, that this is normal, um, because they might not have anybody to talk to now. Mm -hmm. Um, and they might not even want to talk to their friends because they might feel embarrassed. Like, Oh, well, I'm a guy. Why is this happening? Mm -hmm. Um, because there's, you know, such a stigma that guys should be able to go every, anytime, whenever. Um, but actual tips to help again, I mean, I'm biased in terms of that everyone should either have a therapist or have somebody that they can talk to, um, whether it's to bounce ideas off of or to figure out emotional stuff. But I'd say it's not just, um, I don't know, it's not just on the guy. If, if we're talking about a regular heteronormative relationship, I don't think it's just on the guy to figure it out. I think girls or their partner, another guy or whatever, plays a part in it too. You know, if that other person is is laughing at them or shaming mm. them or making them feel bad for not getting it up, or not keeping it up, 
that's not going to help the problem. Mm. Um, you know, that's then, then the focus is on, you know, the limp penis and nothing happening. <laughs> right. and the more you focus on it, like it's right. not right. get hard. Um, Which is similar to that married couple that's been married for 30 years that the one time you couldn't get it up because the natural aging or whatever yeah. became like an obsession then and, and the pressure. Right. And... right. But and I think it's a, sorry, it's actually the same. I think it's the same with if you're coming too quickly, you start worrying, oh, God, I got to come to it so quickly this time. And then obviously, um, you know, it's self-fulfilling prophecy. For the coming too quickly, it seems like a simple solution would just really focus on the girl. I mean, just if you're well, just focusing it, on the girl. You could say the same thing uh, for, for, for men not being able to get it up. Well, well, I think I think as it, I was I was saying that it involves the girl or the other partner, the guy, whoever, too, is that um, often people, the other partner will think that it's their fault. And so mm. if they're struggling with some self-conscious things, you know, that might be something they need to work on. Mm. Because as opposed to just saying, OK, well, this person's nervous, it's you know, it's normal. This happens sometimes. And like I said, I think a lot of guys, a lot of people think that guys are simple. And I think in some ways they are. But. Just as, you know, stress stress and other things can affect a woman, it can also affect a guy. So if you're stressed about work, you're stressed about something else, um, your mind isn't there, you might not be able to get it up. So mm -hmm. instead of seeing it as something that's a problem, you know, just seeing it as something that happens, but the other partner might feel like, okay, this person's not getting it up, so what's wrong with me? Are they not attracted to me? Mm -hmm. And then I think that can irritate the other partner because mm -hmm. it's often nothing to do with it. Yeah. Um, but what, what a lot of sex therapists will say um, as like an overarching tip for that scenario, but everyone's different, is, um, you know, don't focus on it. Go back to cuddling. Go back to kissing. Yeah. Take it back a step. Um, just enjoy being with each other and not focusing on getting hard or coming or whatever, but focusing on just being together. Hmm. And then sometimes if you take your focus away from from the penis, then the person might get hard. Yeah. But again, with or, or 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 like Nina says, have a nice long thirty-minute jerk-off before a date. <laughs> well, that's the, I don't know if that's going to help the guy that's not able to get well, it up. Something, something about Mary style. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a hilarious scene. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I think that can help too with the coming too quickly or whatever. Um, but I mean, there's there's lots of things, lots of things to try. And again, with that, you know, making sure nothing health-wise is going on before you try the emotional other stuff because mm -hmm. there might be, you know, you might have some sort of a blockage or something with, with your blood flow or, you know, if you're getting older, especially, um, you might want to check it out just to make sure everything's going okay health wise. And how about, how about tip for, tips for girls? That's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Oh, great minds think alike. Tips, you know, for girls about... tips for girls because, you know, like, uh, I think, do we discuss it on this show or do we discuss it uh, on my show? We were talking earlier about how important it is for a woman or girl to know what makes them have an orgasm. They really have to figure that stuff out because, or, or not even have an orgasm. What turns them on? What are their erogenous zones? What do they like? What do they don't like? So, you know, if they don't really know, then how is the guy supposed to know? How is he supposed to be a mind reader? Or ESP, oh, she likes this or that, you know? And in fact, it can really irritate her to have her nipples squeezed. But, you know, the last girl liked it. So totally. he's thinking that she likes it. So every every person needs to figure out, I think every woman needs, especially needs to figure out what's going to make her have an orgasm. And then she can communicate that. Yeah, I mean, I would say get to get to know and get to feel comfortable with your body. You know, I have... I have some clients that I've worked with who um, 
have never had an orgasm and feel like they don't even really know what's down there, whether it, you know, scares them or grosses them out or whatever. So with those clients, usually it's like a step-by-step things of homework that I'll give them. But the first thing is, you know, first maybe having like a nice romantic bath time that's just for you, you know, no, no sexual pretense or whatever. So setting the mood, how you might like it, how you would want somebody to seduce you. So whether that's candles or essential oils and, and then just kind of getting comfortable being with your body. So not, you know, necessarily going right for some sort of sexual play, but just kind of exploring your body as if you were like, as if you were like an alien in your body touching it and looking at it for the first time and just being curious. Yeah, take a look at it too with a mirror. Right. So that would be the next one is doing like a self-exam. So if you've never if you've never really looked down there, I you know, I urge you to to check it out. So get it get a compact, get some sort of handheld mirror. People like in different poses, whether you need to like put your legs above your head or, you know, lift between your legs or um, you know, sit there spread eagle, whatever feels comfortable for you. And um, you take know, take a look. Yeah, take a look and and know that everyone's looks different and don't don't put it off just cuz yours doesn't look like, you know, the small labia, small-lipped porno pussy that we see, you know, oh, that everyone's Oh man, I had yeah. a lot of discussion about that aspect too. So is would you say that not being able to have an orgasm is the like what is the female equivalent to the male problems that we've been describing? Like the common male issues is that you come too quickly, you're not be able to get it up. What would what would be the female equivalent not feeling connected to their partner and and not having an orgasm ah okay but there's something that i think is should be emphasized here is that i think the men think if they don't get the if they don't make their woman achieve an orgasm that they're doing something wrong and because men feel like they need to have an orgasm every single time and women do not need to have an orgasm every single time it's desirable um and never fake an orgasm but it's not every single time that you have to have an orgasm either. So don't feel like as a guy that you're a failure because you can't, you know, have this orgasm achieved 99% of the time. Or as a girl that you feel the need to have to fake it or say that you did. um, Because sometimes, sometimes it's just not happening that day. Yeah. It's Um, just, you know, you try and after a while it gets like, okay, I can't do it anymore. It's just like mentally, I'm just don't have it in me. Hmm. And I think this is kind of off topic, but just reflecting on what we've been talking about, I think, you know, we've talked a lot about, you know, men and women couples. And I think it's, it's easy because of how we live in the society we live in to fall into that trap. But obviously, there's lots of different kinds of couples and, you know, gay, straight, polyamorous, what, you know, asexual, all sorts of things. And I think this applies to to you guys, too. Obviously, everything is, is different. Yeah, Um, thank you for saying that. For each person, but, you know, whether it's a gay couple or whatever, these struggles come up, you know, it's not like, oh, I'll just be a lesbian because it's easier. Obviously, the, the same stuff is going to come up in a different way. So I think it's it's applicable for, for everybody. And then we just heard about solo sexual. We just like you just want to be with yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We interviewed uh, a sugar baby. I mean, I think this is we're, we're reaching our time limit over here. Uh, but I, this has been an awesome interview. Is is there anything else you guys want to share? Or, uh, Nico, is there anything you want to plug? I want to hear, I mean, yes, I, I would love to hear a little bit about uh, the fetishes that come into your office. <laughs> oh. Um, <clears throat> well, I the supervisor that I work with and myself, we, we, provide our, we um, pride ourselves on being um, 
kink aware and kinky therapists. Um, Yeah, because I think, well, for a long time, I think the therapy community and even sex therapists kind of grouped kinky things and other fetishes into sexual dysfunction. You know, so being on that side of risk aware, consensual, um, kinky stuff and sex positivity um, is is a huge piece of the work that I do. Um, but oh man, if you can think of it, or even if you can't think of it, it exists. Hmm. So it is, it is out there, whether it's, um, you know, I just did a paper, uh, or a short thing on, um, adult baby diaper lovers. Oh yeah. So I had a colleague have a, a client who, um, was a diaper fetishist, you know, wanted to be not as a sexual thing, but wanted to be dressed up and changed and have a mother figure and, um, everything from that to, um, you know, bondage, submission, anything you could think of really has come in. Um, So again, I think as long as it's risk aware and consensual, I think it's great. Um, And how, how was that introduced into the bedroom? Say like one partner's like, I want to try doing a little S&M thing. I want to try like, you know, bondage or, or spanking or stuff like that. And, you know, how do you introduce that if you, if the partner's like, don't even think of it, I'm not going there. I mean, that's really hard. I think obviously communication is key with most things in a relationship. Yeah. So hopefully if you're communicating openly, you'll be able to communicate about that. But at the same time, um, you know, you might have a partner who's more interested in that than the other partner. And so you need to figure out if that's a make or break deal for you. You know, if that's something you can right. let go How or, important is it? yeah, or compromise, or if your partner's willing to let you explore that kink or fetish in a way with another partner or with somebody else. Oh, um, I was going to ask you about that one too. Yeah. I mean, because, there's lots of yeah. couples that do that, but yeah, uh, that's, a, gotta, that's an alternative yeah. lifestyle change lately. Yeah. You know, another, I had some guy write into my YouTube channel asking if it was okay, if his, wife had sex with uh, a younger guy because he just it doesn't he he didn't he didn't feel like he sexually satisfied her Mm. man that was another big topic and uh, he would actually say totally turned him on to have his wife bring home this young guy have sex in the bedroom so he He, watched he listened next door he heard the screams or whatever was going on and it's helped his sex life i don't know the long-term repercussions of this but uh in the short term uh, they're very happy Yeah, you know, I think I I feel like I keep saying this and it's probably because of the field that I'm in. But I think uh, always great to have a therapist or someone to talk to about it. For example, someone who has an adult baby diaper fetish. Um, I think, like I said, if it's risk aware and, you know, you're into it and it might sound weird to other people and people listening, they're like, what is that? Google it if you're interested. But, you know, I think on one hand, if it's risk aware and open and um you know, consensual, great, go for it. On the other hand, I do think maybe sometimes, and this is still a sex positive approach is to, to explore, you know, what, what is attracting me to this? Is there something that I need to discuss about my relationships or my childhood that, um, you know, that just to be curious, Hmm. uh, that triggered my need to walk around. Yeah. My need to want to do this. And yeah, not in a judgmental way, not that you can't do it, but you know, maybe it's something that has some underlying stuff that you might want to mm-hmm. think about or to work out. But that doesn't mean that everyone who's interested in some weird kinky thing has had some issue. You know, there yeah. could 
Exactly. There's lots of uh, whatever turns them on. But I mean, yeah. we've had some really strange requests lately. I mean, I had a guy that uh, wanted to pay me thousands of dollars to to eat my quote unquote scat caviar and champagne nectar <laughs> urine. I mean, it was revolting. <laughs> and well, we've had someone who wanted to eat sandwiches in the bed when he's having sex. Uh, we had uh, what? What was the other one that lately that was? Not, oh, he wanted to. It was oh, he was eating his own cum. He was mm. eating his own cum and drinking yeah. his urine. Wait, there what did you what did you call the butt caviar? What was that? Oh, scat caviar. Scat caviar. Scat caviar. Scat caviar. Oh, yeah, it was the, a winner. The money, the money that was going on. He's 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 had that fantasy and he's done it many times and he just has a a need to get lots of different women involved in this. Hey, yeah, I mean not for me, but you're not alone. You know, this guy's not alone. There's I'm sure other people out there who are interested, so you just got to you just got to find them. <laughs> right. All right. Well, thank you for coming on the show, Nico. Well, actually, we'd like to end with one last question, which is, have you ever been walked in on, or did you ever walk in on your parents? And she kind of answered that. I did ever. Uh, no, I never walked in on my parents. And, um, I they think walked in on you while you were rubbing up against that. Yeah, post. when I was younger, I think my my mom is is really hard of seeing. She's got um, she's blind in one eye, and so she came in when I was making out with someone, and I uh, so I don't even know if she saw. She was just like, "Do you guys need anything?" Like, you want food? And I was like straddling him, making out with him. So I don't even think she saw what's happening. Uh, but no, I never I never walked in. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. We this really was great. Thank you. Time. What a fun thing. Anytime you want to talk about sex, you know where to find me. Oh, thank you. Right, yeah. And do, do you want, if our listeners want to contact you, are they able to do that? Do you want to put any plugs out there? Yeah, sure. My my Twitter handle, if you want to find me, is at Ms. Heidegger, H-E-I-D-E-G-G-E-R. Uh, and my ah. website is uh, Nicoletta V. Heidegger. So, you can look me up if you're interested in coming in for a session or just want to get in contact. Hell yeah. Well, this has been awesome. Thank you. Thank very you. Much. This was fun. Okay. I, I, I want you to like stay on so that I can uh, ask you about uh, the S&M and the penis size things. Uh, <laughs> I right. didn't get a chance to ask those topics. Okay. Well, we, don't, we don't have to be on the air for you to call me and ask me anytime. <laughs> no, no. I wanted, that's what I'm saying. I needed it to be on the air. So maybe that'll be uh, round two. Okay. Well, thank you guys. Well, I'm happy to do it again anytime you'll have you me. This was wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Nicoletta. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Karen. This was great. I'll talk to you soon. Okay. Bye. Got the birds and the bees. <laughs> and that was our wonderful interview with Nicoletta von Heidegger. Oh, boy, was she great. Yeah, I know you think she's great. I think she's awesome. I think she's got a lot going on and she's very bright. And fun and cool. So in case you were wondering what I thought about her, I really like her a lot. I think we all got the gist that you're a big fan of her and would like her to be more part of your life. Yes, yes. That is true. Well, thank you guys very much for listening. Uh, We love any feedback you have, so please feel free to contact us on Twitter at Sex Talk Podcast, on Facebook or Instagram at Sex Talk With My Mom. You can also call into our voicemail hotline 323-472-4237 it's just a voicemail so you can be anonymous and i really would like to hear your feedback about what you think about uh, cam possibly seeing this girl after hearing this 
Oh God. Just, just out of curiosity, just you know, we'll take a little poll. <laughs> all right. Thank you guys for listening. Love you all. Keep spreading the love. Subscribe to this goddamn podcast. Yeah, please subscribe and please share it with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. Share the love, baby. Bye.